Today we're heading south to the port city of Mamalapuram. Time has been set to anywhere between 6th to 8th century AD. You're listening to Indian Art History by Mash Podcast and I am your host Ayushi. The waves of the sea crash against the sandy beaches of Coromandel coast as we park our time machine on the port of the historic city of Mamallapuram. The port bustles with the stench and the sounds of business. The rolling winds whisper a little softly about Shiva and Vishnu who are enshrined in the many temples of Mamallapuram. There is also a whisper around about the cults of Vishnu and Shiva resisting conflict in silence. But as the city's immaculate architecture greets our vision, we side note that more than often this conflict appears and reappears in the display of its art and architecture. Mamallapuram was a port town of northeast Tamil Nadu, founded by the Pallava rulers. Now for Desi plebs simply call it Mahabalipuram while the Novo Rish call it the uh, Seven Pagodas we will stick to the beautiful sound of Mamallapuram Mamalla means the great warrior which also is Mahabali Mamalla or Mahabali means the great wrestler referring to Narsimha Varman of the Pallava dynasty The Pallavas are basically successors of the Andhra clan. The Andhras were actually Buddhists, but by the fifth century AD, they slowly started converting to Brahmanism. Mamallapuram was an important port city. Ships would flock in from Bactria, Ceylon, Rome, and China. Economic prosperity of the town led to Mamallapuram becoming an important display of religion and art as well like we see at Mathura at Kandhar and many other such regions. For Mahendra Varman Pallava it also became a display of his sastric ideals through the different temple structures he commissioned. Regardless of his Vaishnavite affiliations he built shrines for the many deities of the Hindu pantheon. Arthashastra enlists this particular ideal as a royal duty which entails the leader or the ruler of the country to take care of the spiritual and physical needs of the people of different religions so a king or a ruler or a prime minister is supposed to sort of according to the hindu ideals of arthashastra is supposed to look after the spiritual and physical needs of people from different religions of different faiths of different castes so mahindra varman of 6th century ad followed this sastric ideal of building temples for not just the vaishnavite followers but also for the shaivite followers before 7th and 8th century ad the various pallavas built cave temples monolithic shrines structural stone temples and expansive relief panels carved on the open rock face of the hillsides these monuments were fashioned out of hard rock in south india 
These monuments and their figures were also carved out of stone. The artisans then would cover every inch of the carved surface with a thin layer of white plaster, simply to give a base to the colors painted on the rock surface of the temples. The paint of course has disappeared except for the traces of colors in the nooks and corners that have stood the test of time and weather. Mamallapuram has more than 14 cave temples, 9 monolithic shrines, 3 structural stone temples and 4 relief sculptured rock panels, all of which were created by the Pallavas in those early centuries. Perhaps the most popular is the Great Penance Panel. Some have mistakenly called it Arjun's Penance. Uh, some misappropriated by calling it the Bhagirath's Penance Panel. But I like to call it the Descent of Ganga Panel. A lot happens in this open-air rock-cut relief rising perpendicular on one side of the hill. Just do a quick Google image search of the Great Penance Panel for you to see what it looks like. This panel is an artistic representation of the descent of Goddess Ganga from heaven to earth after Bhagirath's penance and request. The story of Ganga coming down to earth comes from the epic Ramayan. King Bhagirath performed austerities and penance the story has it for a thousand years the river goddess ganga appears and asks him what is it that he wants he says he wanted her to descend to earth so that the souls of his ancestors could attain heaven she basically agreed but she warned him that the charging flow of her descent would destroy the earth in the process She advised him to practice further austerities to take help from Shiva. After another thousand years, Bhagirath is still performing austerities and meditating when Shiva appears. And Shiva does not appear alone. He appears with his goblin advisors and finally grants Bhagirath the boon. So the whole pantheon of gods sort of decide the process of how Ganga will flow down to earth. The Ganga first falls on Shiva's head and from there travels for eons through the tresses of his matted hair and onto the mountains and plains and oceans of earth. On the unmistakable center cleft which represents the waters of Ganga coming down are the carved figures of three nagas or snake people a half human half snake nagraj and his queen along with an ordinary looking leb snake nagraj and his queen join hands in benediction to greet the goddess ganga on her arrival on one side of the river shiva backed by his goblin advisors can be seen granting the boon to an ascetic looking bhagirath The relief shows heavenly musicians singing and playing veena and cymbals. From both sides the 14 Gandharv couples fly towards the center cleft. There are cats, mice, elephants, lions, deers, goats, monkeys, antelopes etc etc each a show of their own story who all have sort of come to wash off their evils in the holy waters of Ganga. The center cleft in which Ganga flows holds the gravity of the artwork as all the other figures gravitate towards the great act of Ganga coming down. Another structure that venerates the female principle is the absolutely stunning Mahishamardini cave. 
Pallava sculptor created Devi Durga seated on her lion, fighting the buffalo demon in front of her. In most scenes of such victorious violence, the deity is always shown larger than life. But here Durga's proportions are normal and very lifelike, while her opponent is shown mighty, overbearing with an umbrella over his head. Durga can be seen fighting with ease. This iconography became a template and a motif which inspired several other depictions of uh, the same scene in centuries and dynasties to come. Durga is Mahesha Mardini, referring to the killer of buffalo demon Mahesha Sur. Opposite to this relief appears a relief of Vishnu fast asleep on his serpent friend Sesh. The tranquil sleep of Vishnu and the violent magnanimity of Durga contrast each other. Another carved panel of Shiva together with Uma, his consort, and their son Skand resides in this cave temple. All three sit together on a royal throne. This particular motif is called Somaskand panel. A few of these panels also appear in the Shaivite shrines of the Shore Temple. Now, the Shore Temple is actually built on the edges of the sea, opening to the wide, wide ocean. It was built by Raja Simha Pallava in the early 8th century AD. It has three shrines. The shrines on either side are that of Shiva, while the one in the center is dedicated to Vishnu. Durga once again appears in the monolithic shrines of the Rath temples in Mamalapuram. In one of the five chariot temples is a shrine of Durga. Her image is carved in relief on the sanctum of the Draupadi Rath. Two devotees kneel at her feet and one of them cuts his hand in sacrifice. This practice of uh, sacrificing one's hand was quite popular back in those days in Tamil Nadu. In Tamil, the word koyil means temple and roughly translates to palaces as well. Often, places of high value are guarded by security. For this, one need not go back in history to know this automatically understood capitalist fact. One knows. However, now that we are talking about it, we might just as well go back to 8th century Pallava ruled Mamalapuram to hammer this fact. Dwar palas in several such sites are carved outside each such temple shrine in Mamalapuram. Dwar palas carved outside Shiva's throne would be starkly different from those outside Brahma's shrine. Dwar palas are door guardians. Shiva's Dwar palas have matted jata dhari hair and hold massive clubs encircled by a serpent. Brahma's shrines Dwarpalas resemble sages. They mostly have beards, they're bearded and their hair is mostly tied up or piled up on the head. Guardians of Vishnu's shrines are perhaps the most pop culture of them all. Vishnu's Dwarpalas are crowned slender figures standing in a triple bent posture which is Tribhanga or Contraposto. This posture is perhaps the most popular postures in Natya Shastra as many sculptures in Indian temples bear this posture. The guardians or Dwarpalas are an anthropomorphic representation of the weapons that each of these gods were known for. Now there are Dwarpalikas guarding the Durga shrine of Draupadirat. Two of them stand within rectangular niches carved on each side of the entrances. 
these niches are adorned by decorative toranas or archways one of the dwar palikas holds a spear while the other one holds a recurved bow the shaivite and vaishnavite clans were competing against each other throughout the age of pallavas and later on as well because of which mamalapuram also holds many relief panels which were erased or adapted into one another in the adi varha cave dedicated to vishnu the floor of the shrine was written with a so called curse written in pallava granth script in large bold letters one can't miss it reads cursed be those cursed be those once again cursed 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 be those in whose heart does not dwell rudra shiva deliverer from walking the evil path perhaps written by raj simha pallava we don't know the authorship is rather unknown Because of this practice of adding, erasing and adapting in later stages, the authorship of most of the inscriptions and structures is hard to tell. This also adds an interesting lens on the idea of finish among the Pallava patrons and artists as most of the caves and sculptures at Mamalapuram are unfinished. You're listening to Indian Art History by Marsh Podcast and I am your host Ayushi. This show was produced by Soumya Parashar. Thank you so much for listening. This is Indian Art History by Mash Podcast.